Whether you're just getting started in your mental health journey or you're someone who's gotten better, it's important to create a daily routine that incorporates mental health to stay on track. When I started building mental health activities into my day, it was a very important aspect of my success in overcoming anxiety and depression. I started small by practicing mindfulness without meditation, and I added in gratitude exercises and worked my way up to daily meditation. Over time, these mental health exercises became a habit and an important component of my sustained mental well-being. However, the unfortunate truth is that it's easy to slip up. You might miss a meditation here or there, stop journaling, skip a therapy appointment, and the more this happens over time, you'll eventually start to notice that you're more irritable, anxious, and possibly depressed. The good news is that whether you're starting out or you simply just need to get back on track, having a daily routine that incorporates mental health will go a really long way in keeping you happy and healthy. So if you're like me and you struggle with mental health, then this episode is going to be all about tips for how to create a daily routine for your mental health. But before we get started, let me remind you to please subscribe to this podcast and take a moment to rate it, review it, and share it so that it can grow. You can also click the link in the show notes to subscribe to my weekly newsletter, which offers life-changing mental health content and good news stories to get you through the week. And now, let's get into this week's moment of Not Quite Zen. This week, something that my wife shared with me, uh, a video, was upsetting to me. I, my feelings were hurt by it. And I didn't know how to talk to my wife about it at the time. So I internalized it and I kind of went through the weekend with a bad mood. Like I wasn't mad at my wife and I wasn't resentful to her. She really didn't do anything wrong, but I was just feeling a little mashed up inside. And I kept it to myself because I was trying to figure out if I should bring it up to her, you know, how to do it if I wanted to do it. And if I'm being honest with myself, I was really just trying to avoid a fight because uh, it's a touchy subject and it was something that could have easily turned into an argument um, until finally, you know, after about two days of me internalizing this, you know, I unfortunately am, am someone who wears my heart on my sleeve and my wife could tell that something was up with me and kind of coaxed it out of me. And the good news is that it was actually a pretty productive conversation. Her and I were pretty much on the same page. So I really just spent two days avoiding this topic and making myself feel bad for no good reason. And so the lesson in this is really this idea of how avoidance does not solve your problems. Um, I think I, I might've said it before, but it's like this idea of if you try to hold a ball underwater, you know, you can only hold the ball for so long until the pressure pops it up out of the water. And the same is true for the things that bother us or our traumas, or, you know, things that we don't want to talk about, these things don't just go away. And, you know, me trying to, to shove it down was not an effective strategy. What I should have done probably was talk to my wife that same day, and I wouldn't have spent two days, you know, feeling bad. So, so that's the lesson. Uh, you know, luckily it ended well, uh, but it's important to remind ourselves that we have to be open and honest and we have to communicate how we feel with our significant others, but not just with them, with ourselves, uh, because when we avoid things, it, it just doesn't make them go away. Uh, if anything, it makes it worse. And sometimes they'll show up in ways you don't expect. 
And with that, let's get back into today's episode. Okay, so building a mental health routine or building mental health into your routine. The first thing that you have to know is you need to start small. If you take on too much at once, you're going to end up overwhelmed and discouraged. When I started building my routine, I began with just a few activities a day. Then over time, I added more activities and goals until I had something that was manageable but effective. Before you can create your own mental health routine, you need to learn about various activities for mental health to figure out what works best for you. If you already know, uh, then you know, so you can skip to the end of this episode, uh, but listening is probably still a good exercise and a good refresher for you. So one of the first things that you can do is build mindfulness without meditation into your life. If you compared creating a daily routine for mental health to building a house, then mindfulness would be the foundation. And for some people, the word mindfulness can be intimidating or woo-woo. You may think it's only for those who are into yoga and meditation. Uh, But the truth is that being mindful just means you focus on living in the present moment. And this is a huge key to easing anxiety because anxious thoughts are typically connected to worries about the future. Think of anxiety as driving a car. If you spend too much time looking in the rearview mirror or craning your neck to see what's around the car ahead of you, then you could miss something and crash. Focusing on what's happening in the moment keeps you safe and calm. It's also a good way to live a more fulfilling life. Right? There's lots of movies, uh, you know, like About Time is one of my favorites, where the key message to like having a fulfilling life or one of the biggest complaints that people have about their lives you know, when they get older is that they didn't spend enough time with the people that they love, or they didn't spend enough time, you know, living in the moment. They were too worried about getting that next promotion or, you know, what's going to come next or when am I going to get here? And when you're constantly living that way, it's, it's, it's impossible to find joy until you can learn to be calm and present in the moment. And so that's a really good beginning way to focus on the present. Um, is doing mindfulness without meditation. And it's also super easy. So the exercise that I talk about a lot uh, is this one called noticing. So as you go about your day, you try to notice small moments of joy. These moments don't have to be remarkable. Notice things like smile on a loved one's face, the warmth of a shower, you know, petting your dog. When you notice these moments, just try to be in them. Try to savor them. Acknowledge you know, what you're doing at the time. And if you do this for about a week, then reflect on how this noticing practice has affected your mood. So like one way that I incorporate this with my family is at dinner time, I'll ask them, you know, what was the best part of your day? Now that's not necessarily having them do the noticing, but it's making them kind of think back like, oh yeah, this, this thing was good. Even if it's like a really bad day, there's always some small thing that you can pick out if you're forced to do that. So I guess that's kind of two exercises in one, um, but it's a really great place to start. And if you like it, then you can also start to add in gratitude practice. So let's talk about gratitude for a second. It comes up a lot, not just in my podcast, but in the realm of mental health in the industry, you know, amongst professionals. And there's a reason for that. It's because gratitude increases happiness. 
Um, when you're struggling with vital health issues, it can be easy to focus on the negative things in your life. You might be thinking about the friends and family you don't have, the relationships you wish were different, or things that you wish you had done differently. However, when you're in a state of depression and anxiety, it's important to focus on the positive things in your life, and that's where gratitude comes in. And the research on this is clear. Gratitude increases happiness. Uh, you can look it up for yourself. Uh, Harvard has done studies, I believe. You know, there's lots of different studies. Um, but I also know from firsthand experience, I started practicing gratitude, you know, like I said before, by asking my family at dinner, like, what's the best part of your day? And that question forces you to find something positive. It's, you know, particularly helpful when you're having a bad day. Or, you know, more recently, when I was struggling with my health, and I was starting to feel depressed. I had to reframe my mind. I said, okay, like, what are the good things in my life? What are the things that I can be grateful for? And when I did that, it pulled me out of my funk. And you can do that another way by just, you know, writing down five things you're grateful for or listing them in your head and reminding yourself to do that, you know, frequently so that you're constantly reframing your mind instead of focusing on everything that's going wrong in your life. Try to focus on the things that are going right. You know, other simple ways to tap into gratitude include um, journaling. You know, there's a lot of great journals out there uh, that you can find that have prompts for gratitude. You can also combine gratitude practice with notice. You don't have to do it every day, but if you aim for a goal of, let's say, like two or three times a week, then once you've gotten comfortable with these activities, you might be ready for something more. Uh, and, and for me, that's when meditation came in. So let's talk about how meditation helps mental health. Like other mindfulness activities, meditation is a great way to bring your mind to the present. But there's a lot of other ways that it can help. You know, for example, progressive muscle relaxation can release tension and help you fall asleep. This is an exercise where you're tensing up different muscles in your body and then you're releasing them. Um, and as you systematically go throughout your body from you know, bottom to top, then it, you know, creates a great deal of stress relief. Uh, you could do a specific gratitude meditation, just a guided meditation on gratitude, um, or like anxiety or depression meditations. They can teach you how to observe your thoughts and let them go without judgment. Uh, and the list goes on and on. So, you know, the Calm app is a really great one. So meditation is awesome, but Getting started can feel overwhelming. And the good news is that it doesn't have to be. There's several ways that you can start. My favorite is the How to Meditate course by Jeff Warren, and that comes with a subscription to the Calm app. Uh, if you want to learn what meditation is all about, that's where I would start. Or just search for 10-minute meditations and practice at least once per day. You could also try out you know, Headspace or any other number of meditation apps or courses. Uh, but the real key to meditation is daily practice. A lot of people give up on meditation too early and think that it's not for them. In my experience, it took about three weeks of daily practice before I could start really quieting my mind and seeing the benefits. And it was probably two years before I did that where I had tried it and it didn't stick because I wasn't doing it regularly. So if you're going to start, I would recommend at least committing to three weeks and I promise if you do this, you'll probably be a lifelong meditator. The next really important activity that, again, everybody talks about is how exercise improves mental health. 
making sure you exercise regularly is one of the best things that you can do for your mental health. I would not have gotten through college in a mentally stable state if I was not exercising all the time. And the why of this is because it helps your body naturally release feel-good endorphins that reduce feelings of anxiety and depression. Additionally, exercise increases your energy levels, and it's a lot easier to be positive when you're not exhausted. This is especially true for me. My mental health just plummets when I don't have energy. Look, you don't have to run five miles or hit the gym every day. There's a lot of low impact exercises that you can do. You can walk, try yoga, go for a hike, just do some light stretching, swimming, bicycling. Out of every activity listed in this episode, exercise is probably one of the biggest ones that will have the most profound and instant impact on your mood. Uh, another activity worth mentioning is breathing. Now, I know it sounds counterintuitive. Obviously, you know how to breathe. But one of the best things that you can do to calm yourself down when you're feeling anxious is through specific breathing exercises. Uh, there's many ways to practice breathing, and a lot of them are simple. Some examples include, you know, counting your breaths, box breathing, and anchor breathing. And I've talked about those before. So if you're not sure what they are, just Google each one of them. It will tell you, you know, how to do it. Uh, in my episode about how to calm down from anger, I go into them more specifically. Uh, when you're struggling with mental health issues, it's important to have these quick exercises that you can do, you know, at a moment's notice. So that way you can get your anxiety under control when it comes up without having to make a big deal about it. And breathing exercises are one of the easiest ways to do this. The next thing to talk about is understanding how your diet affects your mental health. We don't often hear much about how diet affects mental health, but it's actually a really important factor in regulating your mood. From a common sense standpoint, think about how food has affected your own mental health in the past. On days where you ate fast food or heavy comfort foods, you probably felt more sluggish with less energy. Foods that cause heartburn or gas can also make you uncomfortable, making it harder to sleep. But on days where you ate healthier foods, you probably had more energy, felt more comfortable, and enjoyed better sleep. But how do we know what foods are healthy when there's so much conflicting health science information out there? Well, this is a question I struggled with and still do struggle with personally. Um, but I started working with a registered dietitian to better understand what my body needs. Dietitians go through rigorous medical training and certification, and many insurance companies will actually cover the cost of seeing one. On the other hand, people who call themselves nutritionists don't generally have any required training. Anyone can make that claim. I'm not saying that all nutritionists are bad. I'm just saying, you know, do your research before you start working with somebody. But, you know, I recommend talking to a dietitian to better understand how your diet affects your mental health. Uh, and here are some of the tips that I learned from working in with mine. Number one, make sure that your meals are balanced by including all three macros, so carbs, protein, and fat on your plate. Number two, add in as many fruits and vegetables as you can. So for example, if you're having pizza or a burger and fries, add a salad. If you're having a bowl of cereal, add a banana. Uh, for snacks, combine two, two macros. So for example, tortilla chips and guacamole or yogurt and granola. And lastly, 
Listen to your hunger cues by paying attention to how full you feel. When you feel satisfied, try to stop eating. Generally, if you can choose a diet that doesn't that gives you more energy and makes you feel, you know, less sluggish and doesn't cause you, you know, GI discomfort, then it's a lot easier to have better mental health. I know when I eat like shit, I feel like shit. And this I would imagine the same is probably true for most people. Okay, so now that we've covered some different general activities, how do you start to incorporate them into a daily routine for your mental health? Well, there are many other activities that you can do to boost your mood and motivation, but the ones I've outlined are are enough to get you started. And there are many various ways that you can structure these mental health activities into your daily routine. And I'm going to outline some different activities for different times of the day for you. And then when you create your own daily mental health routine, strive to incorporate at least two of these activities every day. Um, you know, and for better results, you know, consider adding more. Uh, you know, and kind of following. This is my whole routine. What I try to do. Uh, and but again, this is just a rule of thumb. Nobody's saying that you have to do all of this. Just you know, doing some of it will be good. So, what's an ideal routine for mental health? So in the morning. Get 15 minutes of natural sunlight. Do some light exercise, stretching, or yoga. Meditate for 5 to 10 minutes and eat a healthy breakfast. In the afternoon, exercise for 20 to 30 minutes. Walking is great uh, when you're working because you won't get too sweaty. I try to get a walk-in almost every day unless I'm feeling sick, uh, and it makes a huge difference in my day. Practice mindful eating. Uh, so that's where you kind of know, you know, you're not on your phone scrolling on TikTok or Instagram or watching TV. You're kind of noticing all the little things about your food as you sit, take time to sit and enjoy it. So, you know, what's the texture? What's the color? How does it smell? How does it taste, you know, on your tongue and going through that process as you're, as you're eating You know, but if you don't want to do that, you can listen to a a motivating podcast while you enjoy lunch. You can, uh, you know, listen to a book or, you know, if you're like me, my office is in the basement where I get no natural sunlight. I'll try to go upstairs and just, you know, eat in the dining room where there's windows and I actually can see the outside and I don't feel like uh, a troll all day long. Uh, It makes me feel a lot better. In the evening, try to reflect on gratitude. Eat a healthy dinner. Wind down at the end of the day with a bedtime meditation. Uh, you can listen to a sleep story in the Calm app or find a, a podcast to listen to. I, re- I recommend Get Sleepy and Just Sleep. They're both really great ones. And then I would say the last thing that you would need to incorporate into this routine on an as-needed basis is using breathing exercises or calm-down meditations when you're feeling anxious, depressed, or angry. So something comes up at work, you know, take Five minutes, walk away, calm yourself down with one of these things. Or, you know, your husband or wife upsets you, same thing. You know, kids are driving you nuts. Use it as you need it. Creating a daily routine for mental health is important for maintaining your mood and leading a happy life. When you add these activities, you'll notice a difference in your energy levels, your mood, and your overall well-being. When it comes down to it, Creating a daily routine for mental health is is really about what finding what works for you. Not every person has the same issues or struggles with mental health. What works for one person might not work for someone else. So find what resonates with you and incorporate it in your daily life. 
I also recommend, you know, downloading this episode and saving it so you can come back to it when you need a refresher. But whatever you do, just make sure you're taking care of yourself and you're doing some things every day. So that way you remain steady and you can progress in your mental health journey as you go along. I truly hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, be sure to subscribe so that you're notified every time a new one is posted. Also, please rate, review, and share this podcast because the more we talk about mental health, the better life can get for those who struggle. Now, please join me in taking one small step towards a calmer day with a two-minute meditation. Start by taking a relaxed but alert posture. If you're driving, continue to focus on the road, and if you're not, feel free to close your eyes or relax your gaze. Feel the weight of your body as gravity connects you to the earth and makes you feel grounded. Relax the muscles in your face, your neck, your shoulders, and the rest of your body. Now let's begin to shift your focus to the breath. Take a deep breath and follow it as it fills your lungs. Exhale slowly and let it all out. Continue to take long, slow breaths, paying attention as it enters your body and brings you calm as it leaves. If your mind has wandered off, slowly bring your attention back to the breath. Now, relax your attention. Take this calming energy with you as you go about your day. Thanks for listening. I hope you join me next time.